Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. All right, you guys, welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. I am so excited for this new season and these new interviews and the first seven days that we're kicking off, which are seven tools that will help you be healthier and happier. And it's only day two, and I'm interrupting the seven days, actually, with an interview. And we'll get back to our tools starting tomorrow. But this was an interview I needed you to hear today. It's with the amazing Sarah Jenks. You're going to love her. Oh, my gosh, you're going to love her. I met Sarah um, earlier in 2017. She moved from California to the Boston area. She's been leading these amazing retreats. I've watched women come in and just transform. It's like watching butterflies leave (laughs) her retreats. And I've been in charge of the food, and it's been such an honor and pleasure to to serve women really nourishing great food as they're doing a lot of inside work. It's just been amazing. And you guys are going to love Sarah. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Sarah in a sec. But before I do that, um, and before we get into the interview, I just have to share something because it's kind of goes with what Sarah talks about. Um, it's something I'm up to. And I... I just, I need to tell you guys because it's, it's exciting and I, I want you to follow along. I want you to give me comments. I might need your cheering every once in a while, but this winter, my grandmother, Momo, turned 100 and a month later, my cousin's three-year-old son, Maxwell, got diagnosed with cancer and both of these events just really deeply impacted me. And they really got me thinking more about why, why we do the things we do, why I do the things we do, what I'm focused on. They both really inspired me to up my game. So when people ask me, how are you doing? Like, how's life? I can genuinely say that life is good. The kids are doing great at school. My hubby has a great job that supports us. My work is starting to get out in the world. People are trying to listen to the podcast. We eat healthy dinners together almost every night. We laugh, we hug, we go on adventures. On days like today when I'm recording this where there's a huge snowstorm in March, we get to cuddle up by the fire. But the truth is, is that deep down inside, I'm actually tired. And my body is showing me this by holding on to pounds that have snuck on since my big 65-pound weight loss eight years ago. I'm also limping around on my ankle that just won't heal after it started on my road trip last year, driving across the country, something clicked and it just won't go away. It's always swelling up. And for the first time in eight years, this is only a two week old thing. My ear has been bugging me. And if you've heard my story before, if you're new to here, like part of my story in this huge weight loss journey I went on eight years ago is I healed all these different parts of my body and got off all these medications I was on. And one of the things was antibiotics that I was always on for chronic ear infections. So I still haven't been on antibiotics in eight years. I don't take allergy medicine. 
I still eat gluten-free, I'm 99% vegan. But what I noticed is that a lot of a lot of the little things have started to add up. So I feel like I'm snacking on boxes of gluten-free organic crackers. I'm processed unhealthy cookies are definitely finding their way into my life. I don't feel like I'm living with as much intention about what's going into my body, even though I'm following the quote-unquote rules. I'm definitely not moving my body as much as she wants me to. I'm not getting the variety of fruits and veggies that my body craves, even though I know exactly how to do that. I'm not as hydrated as I need to be. I could easily, easily, easily eat a whole big bar of organic dark chocolate at 10 p.m. Starbucks has become more of a habit than an exception. And I'm not, I'm just not caring for myself in the way that I want my kids to take care of themselves. And what I realized as I was reflecting on my grandmother and my cousin is that I spend a lot of time, and I see this in other people, we worry a lot about things that aren't even in our control, right? Things that we can't, that they're just not in our control. We can't control what other people think of us. We can't control how friends treat our kids. But we can control some things that just lead us to lead the better version of our lives. Um, I was totally inspired by this with my son this year. You know, he's... um, in a normal eighth grade situation with friends and he took on meditation and it changed so much for him. Meditation and exercise, I should say, changed so much for him. So I'm just feeling super inspired right now to take on the things, to care for myself in a way that I really want my kids to go on and take care of themselves and the way I want you guys to go take care of yourselves. So I know what I'm supposed to do, but the thing is, is that I don't always do it. Life is busy. I'm a full-time entrepreneur. I have three kids who need to be loved and need to be driven places. I have a house that needs to be tended to. I have a husband who married me so we could actually spend some time together. There's bills to pay, you know, events to go to. Yet I can't help but feel that I'm just totally half-assing all the things that I really want to do well. I'm getting lost in the busyness. So eight years ago, the food made a big difference. And I'm in a different place now because back then I didn't even know what kale was. But as I find myself needing the next big shift, I'm led to look at the food again. And so I'm starting a little experiment. And there's nothing like the intro to an episode of the amazing Sarah Jenks than to announce this to you guys. But basically yesterday I started and I'm just committing to 100 days of fruits and veggies. A manifesto will be coming soon, so you can read exactly what I'm doing. I'm sort of formulating it as I go. Yesterday was just literally me getting in my 12 to 17 servings of fruits and veggies, and I'll sort of start to formulate that as I go. I'm definitely off of processed food, though, definitely off of coffee, definitely off of alcohol. Super excited to see how this shifts other parts of my life, which is what I found happened when I focused on the food eight years ago. So I will be sharing this daily on Instagram and Facebook at Plan Simple Meals. So on Facebook on the Plan Simple Meals page and on Instagram on the Plan Simple Meals feed. So come check it out. I'm going to be doing more of the live things. So I'll do live videos. I'll also be sharing what I'm eating on a daily basis. And then I'll definitely be sharing ahas, the good and the bad of what this looks like because 
you know, even this morning I hit a little rough spot. I was pretty determined to get, drink my glass of water and a child needed me because we're home for a snow day. And so it was like water, child, water, child. And, you know, I figured it out in the moment, but there's going to be a lot of those moments, right? Okay. So Sarah Jenks, the amazing Sarah Jenks. Um, I have loved working with Sarah. Her energy is incredible. She has so much, so much to offer women. It's, she's, you're just going to love her. You have to listen to her words. You have to listen to her advice. In her episode are lots of different tools that we can take away um, and do lots of resources. She mentioned some great books. All of this will be outlined in the show notes. And pretty much she tells us her bio in this episode. So I don't want to ruin it by telling you too much more about her because she shares her whole story. But when she sent me her bio to put in the show notes, um, I this one phrase at the end really, really stood out to me. And I just need to read it to you. So now I'm a stand for women to end the pattern of taking scraps after everyone in their lives has feasted. Oh my gosh, don't you love that? So she's she really walks her talk, you guys. She's an amazing mom of almost three. She has the third one in her tummy. She's due soon. And she's gone through so much work around her body and how she shows up as a mom and an entrepreneur. I know that what she shares today is going to impact impacted me doing the interview. And it's definitely, I'm hoping, going to impact you. And then she shares in here an extra training that she's doing tonight, which is why we're going live today. So make sure to check that out in the show notes. And I will be there. So I would love to hear what you think after you watch it. All right, you guys, let's get Sarah on the show. Welcome to the show, Sarah. I am so excited to have you on this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you for having me, Mia. It's so oh fun to be with you. Well, our audience is just going to love everything you have to say because I love your story and you're so good at giving good strategies. So I'm just going to dive right in. But before we dive in, will you give just like a I feel like I know your story so in depth, but I want everyone to understand sort of where you're coming from. So just a little bit, the story, I think the story that's most interest, well, your whole story is so interesting, but I love like the high level of how you got into doing um, deal, your body work and, yeah. you know, that whole part, but then what happened is on round two when you became a mother. So can you cover that in 30 yeah. seconds or less? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. So round one. And I love, I love sharing the story with you and your audience because it's so eerily similar. Um, so like you, I went to my first Weight Watchers meeting when I was 10 years old. And I, I went because I wasn't fitting in at school. And I thought that if I lost weight, then I would fit in. And, you know, fast forward the next 15 years, my life basically revolved around that concept that if I could just be more beautiful, if I could just be thinner, then my whole life would change for the better. Yeah. And I was constantly um, upset with myself because I was never someone who could stick to a diet. I wasn't like that girl who was so good at only eating spinach for three <laughs> weeks you know what I mean? And then miraculously lost 20 pounds. Like there was nothing I could do to stick to a diet for longer than two days. Yeah. And 
it really wasn't until I was in my mid twenties that I, I really gave up. I had this moment where I was on a juice cleanse. I had lasted three days, which was like a day longer than I had ever lasted on a diet. And I worked at an ad agency and one of my clients was Dove Chocolate. And I remember we had all this product around. I took an entire bag of Dove Chocolate Promises, those little squares, <laughs> into the supply closet and I ate the entire bag, but five. And I was like, okay, there's only five left. I'm going to throw them away. And I threw them away and I left the supply closet. And then 10 minutes later, it was like, I mean, it was this experience that I had had my entire life. It was like something took over my body and walked back into the supply closet, fished the chocolate out of the trash and finished the bag. And I was so not only disgusted with myself, but really scared in that moment where I just realized, wow, I'm, I really have no control over my eating. And I have been trying to exert control through dieting for my entire life. And it just wasn't working. So in that right. moment, I basically just gave up. And when I gave up on dieting, all of a sudden, it's like I had all of this brain space. And I realized that my life really was so boring and totally sucked. So I had all this extra energy to do more things. And so I, I started going to dance classes twice a week and I took voice lessons and I just decided I was going to make my life more fun since I was going to be fat and miserable for the rest of my life. And <laughs> I was just like, I'll just make the most of it, whatever. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, I stopped having that alien take over my body feeling. Yep. where I wasn't going to the ice cream in the freezer, you know, after my boyfriend had fallen asleep. You know, I wasn't having those nightly binges. I wasn't eating all the chocolate in the ad agency. And I realized it was because I was just being emotionally fulfilled and I was taking, I was having fun and I no longer needed food for fun. Yep. And um, that was really so awesome. And I, what I discovered was, is like, I was addicted to food. Like people are addicted to alcohol, but you have to eat. So the whole abstinence thing, you know, wasn't really going to work. And so, and then fast forward to, you know, and what was, what sort of happened was I kind of ate what I wanted just in moderation. You know, I, I ate ice cream and gluten. I started to allow myself to have those things. I really went through this phase of no restriction. And um, because I really allowed myself to not be in that phase of, you know, that diet mentality, I no longer needed to like break the rules and binge, you know, that sort of thing. And because I just didn't have any rules anymore. Well, and for everyone listening who doesn't know Sarah's work already, she then went on to teach thousands probably, right, of women. How to do this too. <laughs> so, right, exactly, yeah. so I so created a whole emotional eating protocol called Live More Way Less, um, which you guys can find at livemorewayless.com if you're interested in checking it out. It's an amazing eight-week course um, that really has, I mean, it's helped thousands of women overcome the same issue of emotional eating, this like alien in the body feeling. And, um, and then once I had kids, what started to happen was, you know, I had, I had my, my first son, Marshall. I gained like 30 pounds in the last month of my pregnancy, which was felt pretty alarming. <laughs> and um, after I had him, I, I just sort of went back to doing my normal emotional eating 
thing. And the weight just wasn't coming off like it had before. You know, I was, I was older. My body was different because I just had a baby. Um, there was just some stuff going on. And, you know, I was sort of in this, you know, I got into this kind of like rebel mode of, you know, oh, well, I'm not going to restrict myself because like I'm a free spirit and this is what I do. And, um, you know, I just didn't believe in restricting anything. But what continued to happen, and then again, after I had my second child, really bad depression, I was sneezing all the time, tons of mucus buildup, um, super low energy. And it was, I was like, do I have postpartum depression? You know, do I have seasonal allergies? Like what is going on? And I convinced myself I had seasonal allergies and that I just had too much stress um, in my life. My husband was in residency and I was supporting my family and having babies at the same time. And it was just a lot. And so I, but when I moved to Massachusetts, um, which was this past summer, I still had the same symptoms, even though my life was a lot easier. I still felt pretty down. I still was sneezing all the time. I'm like, okay, well, this obviously isn't seasonal allergies if I have it in two different parts of the country and all four seasons. <laughs> and so um, I, I went off gluten and dairy and I feel like a completely different human. Yeah. And, right? And it's been so amazing. But what's been so cool is that if I had tried to go off gluten and dairy when I was still in the throes of my body hatred and emotional eating, it wouldn't have worked for me because it would have been to look better and to fit in. And my inner rebel is too ballsy to let me do that. She would have just sabotaged me left and right. Like, no, we're not going to fit in and try to be pretty. And no, no, no. Like I definitely have that part of myself. Um, But I really did it to feel like a warrior. You know, I was, my body was not letting me be at my full force, like spiritual warrior-ness in the world. And I was really having a hard time. I know we've talked about this before. Um, I was having a hard time connecting with my intuition and my soul. Yeah. Once I got rid of that fog, oh my God, it was just like direct connection. And, And so I realized that for me, really changing my food, it it really became my spiritual practice. And I use my spiritual practices to support um, what to me was a huge change in my life. And, um, and I like really had to focus and work on it and make it a priority. Yeah. We started with this such similar, I mean, literally weight watchers at age nine and 10. So we started with such the same thing. And I fully admit that eight years ago when I took out gluten and dairy, I did it for all the wrong reasons. I totally did it to look good at my body. You're like way Um, better at sticking to things than I am. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, but, but it's funny how quickly it shifted, which I think is like, whatever the universe lesson will come to you at some way or another. Right. So it like shifted within a week because I started feeling that connection and not having that brain fog and all these amazing things happened. Like my allergies went away. Right. So it's like, you know, somehow you learn the lesson. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. So, and before the food changed, I mean, you were sort of, you had done such amazing, so it's funny because you did all this amazing work that I couldn't have done before the food change, Um, uh, just in sort of tuning into what your desires are and really designing this life that you wanted. 
So will you, will you talk a little about that? Because I mean, just the story of how you got to Massachusetts is kind of unbelievable. Yeah. And I feel like that, that is really, it's, it's really helpful. Like, I feel like a lot of the food stuff and just how we live and self care, which is all stuff we talk about here. A lot of times we don't, we don't feel either that we're worthy of it as moms or it's just not our time. Like it's our time to be caretakers or exactly. like that the work-life balance somehow has to do with like work. And then the balance on the other side is like being a good wife and good mom, but like mm -hmm. we're kind of not there. So yeah. talk about that a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so, pa this is like what I'm so passionate about right now. So when I, when I became a mom, I, instantly felt this pressure to fit into a box. And I was like, okay, there are two boxes I can fit into. I'm either going to be a really great stay-at-home mom or I'm going to be a super successful businesswoman. To me, <laughs> those, to me, those two boxes were mutually exclusive. Um, I could not fathom a reality where I was going to do both. And... Yes. I felt like I had these two options and these two things were constantly battling each other like a hundred times a day. And so I was always feeling guilty for being a bad mom. I was always feeling guilty for being a bad businesswoman. Um, you know, I, I didn't feel and so you're an amazing. You're an amazing businesswoman. So oh. you're having these thoughts while you're an amazing businesswoman, right? I mean, cause at that point you had a pretty successful business. I did. I did. But you know, I had, you know, after I had my kids, um, it was like, I had these successful moments, but things didn't continue to grow, you know? So like what started happening was I, I felt like I needed to play this game to like keep up the facade that everything was awesome. Even though I had a few like pretty rough launches and it was so stressful because I was supporting my family at the time because my husband was in his surgical residency and we were living in San Francisco, which is so insanely expensive. Um, so anyways, there was like, I had in my mind all of these rules of how I should be and my entire existence was, was basically taken up by me trying to play by all the rules, play by all the rules of business and entrepreneurship, like having the perfect Instagram feed and doing all the Facebook ad campaigns and all the funnels and then, and then also with being a mom with like still wanting to make sure my kids went to swim lessons and music lessons and all the food was, you know, homemade and organic. And, um, we had all wooden toys and it was like, all, you know, all this stuff. And, um, it was, it was too much. And so I had this moment where, um, my second child, Annabelle was just born. I had invested six figures in a launch and I just barely made my investment back um, but had nothing left to pay our rent. Mm. And I had worked my ass off and I had completely ignored my kids for a good amount of time. And I was totally miserable with work and I had nothing to show for it. And I just realized in that moment, oh, this is not working. This is just right. so far from what I, what I want. And I started looking around and I realized so many women feel this way because they feel like they, they don't have a lot of options. Like there's only like two or three boxes to sort of fit into. And um, when I started to ask my friends and my clients, so many women started to say, oh yeah, like I, 
I'm just in survival mode. I can't find any balance. I'm constantly feeling guilty. I don't know where the time goes. I don't know how to time, find time for me. Yeah, sure. Like I'd love to go after this dream, but I mean, how am I really going to do that? And so there's just this sense of, um, like we didn't have any options and we didn't have any choice. And I'm like, dude, we are the most privileged people in the world. And we don't feel like we don't feel empowered to create the lives that we want. And I, I just got really clear that I needed to figure this out for myself. So I, I basically fired my entire team. I brought my business expenses down to practically nothing and dismantled a lot of the big, like growth oriented projects that I was working on. Um, like I was doing this whole publicity thing and, um, you know, I let my, my publicist go and I just took it down to nothing so that I had some, some freedom and some space to finally figure out, you know, what I needed to do with my life. And, I, I got tons of support. I went to therapy with my husband and my son and by myself. I, um, I went to like three different retreats. I went to Esalen. I worked with shamans. I worked with spiritual teachers. I just went for it because I was so determined to stop thinking that I only had two options and to actually see like what, am, what life am I creating for myself? Yep. And, um, as part of that, I got really clear that I didn't want to have this big, shiny internet business. You know, I wanted to meet with women in person, in the woods, face to face in a retreat center and, um, and like, and have a really affordable community online where we're sort of like amplifying the work that we're doing, you know, in person, um, to women who just can't come and I, I wrote out this whole vision that was really out there, like women dancing naked in the woods and going skin whipping <laughs> and like doing all the magical things. And at the time when I was writing this stuff down, like I was not out that I was a priestess. I was like a closeted priestess, mm-hmm. <laughs> and even though I'd been doing this spiritual training for, you know, five years at the time. And um, I wrote down this whole thing and I was like, okay, this is my five-year plan. And I put it aside. And two weeks later, I, w- I was on Trulia because Jonathan and I were looking for like a cute colonial at the end of a cul-de-sac in suburban Massachusetts. And my vision was just right there on the website, the whole thing, 23 acre retreat center, separate building, swimmable lake, woods to dance naked in, like big open fields. And I was just in shock because it's like, no one in Massachusetts has a yurt on their property, <laughs> like the only one. <laughs> and um it's a pretty beautiful yurt I wouldn't have called like, it a yurt yeah it's more like a, I mean it is a building but it's round so I call it a yes, yurt. It's round. and that's what I wanted in my vision so it was so crazy that a way better version popped up um it just goes to show you like often we can't even dream as big as we need to so yeah. um and I was you know it was way out of our price range it was a total leap of faith and it turns out it was owned by my high school therapist And so because of our relationship, we were able to um, get really creative with the deal and, and we live there now. It's just like, and you've been there, which has been so great and helping with all of my retreats. And um, I mean, it's just been, it's like the biggest magic that I've ever experienced. 
Okay, so people are listening. <laughs> um, maybe we've convinced a few people to stop doing the dairy and the gluten. Um, hopefully we've convinced people to dream bigger and that there's not one way. There's not like the stay at home way and the um, work way. Although it's really funny. I just have to tell you this quick as an aside yeah. that I think when we first met a couple years ago online that we met because we had both done an interview um, with Jenny Fenning. Yes. on her podcast yes and you sh I very vividly like I listened to that so that I could reach out to you and you said I'm done with work I'm just going to be a mom <laughs> so you had like you must have like just been like shifting but you actually said like yeah when Jonathan gets a job like I'm just going to be a mom right so I was still in it yeah yeah I was so still cool. in it. I was in this flip-flop and yeah. um because I just I didn't realize that I had infinite options I didn't yeah. have like that's the thing that I really want women to get it's like we you can literally do whatever you want there are infinite possibilities to how you parent and how you do your work and how you take care of yourself and what your marriage looks like that is that is like the core of truth that we have been completely brainwashed from knowing well, and so much of like that whole, the whole work-life balance, which I still talk about from time to time, but just in a much more feminine way, yeah. like the, the typical way that we talk about it is not made by a woman, you know, right. like it's like based on a man's world where there is probably, it is more equal, <laughs> you know, it is more work and family and it's very divided. It's very um, siloed, whereas in ours, it's much more flowy. Right. So, exactly. so let's talk about then some, like how to tap into this a little yes. bit and how to maybe get some of your big dreams, but then like little tangible things. Cause I feel like what you're so amazing at is those little rituals that really make such a big difference on yeah. a daily basis. Such a great question. Um, okay. So here's, you know, I, I've talked about this sort of big lie that women have been fed and there it goes way way back but essentially you know originally before really really the rise of christianity there was a really clear feminine cycle that was taught that was just part of society um we lived off the land um People understood that there were four seasons. People tracked the moon and they knew that these two entities, the earth and the moon, were feminine energies, where the sun is a masculine energy. So when I say that, what I mean is what's, and let me back up a little bit. And what's really cool is that our feminine menstrual cycle perfectly matches the moon cycle and mimics the seasons, where a man's hormonal cycle mimics the sun. So if you think about a man, their hormone, biological hormone cycle is the same every 24 hours. So they go through a 24-hour hormonal cycle where they have high testosterone in the morning and it drops at the end of the day, which is why like, everyone goes to work every day and there's meetings in the morning and you're supposed to go to the gym before work and we're expected to be the same every day and be highly productive and um, constantly be in action and to be steady. And that's what our society is really mimicked after, which is what 
what you said earlier. Now with, with women, we are on a 28 day hormonal cycle, which is really different than 24 hours. And yet we are not educated in what each part of our cycle, um, how it actually supports us and what it's actually doing in our body. So there's a lot of really great resources we don't have time to get into today, but I really love Elisa Viti's work at flowliving.com. So if you guys are interested um, in really learning about your menstrual cycle, I highly recommend it. That would be one practice I would start with. Um, but another one I would do and what really helped me was I started tracking the moon. And as I started tracking the moon and I really understood, okay, so the energy of the moon when it's a new moon is about rest. When it's then growing in light, it's about gaining energy and having new ideas and putting things out there in the world. And then the full moon is all about connection and magic and getting together with women and it's really high energy and like full fertility. You know, I think of like a really pregnant woman with the full moon. And then yep. the weaning moon is all about releasing and getting really clear on things. And um, it's like the fall energy first of like gathering all the nuts for the winter and getting super organized or like back to school energy and then starting to come in and let things shed so we can again go into that resting new moon time. So as I started to track that, I really realized, um, whoa, women are so different every week of a cycle. And yeah. that's our natural way of being. So this means that we are ever-changing people. We're so multidimensional. I don't have to just be a mom or just work or like not be a sensual being anymore because I'm a mother or not be loud or not be quiet or not give me space for rest. All of a sudden I felt all of this permission to be the ever-changing person that I knew that I was on the inside, but felt like I needed to hide or that I needed to be, feel guilty for. Yep. Yep. And um, so I would say like, that's a great place to start is to start just following the moon. And um, I love Jennifer Rassiopi. She gives me like a ton of great advice around the moon. You can also just um, also um, Lunar Abundance is a new book that just came out by Dr. Ezzy Spencer. That's so great. And um, I'm doing a free workshop call that you can go to sarahjenks.com backslash free workshop. And I'm going to be giving a lot more in depth around how to follow the moon and how to bring it into your health and spiritual practice and parenting and work and all that stuff. All right. So in all, like in all this work you've done, I feel like you've done so much around food and figuring out what you want at a high level and really tuning into the moon cycles. And it's so amazing. And I have to say to everyone listening, that was the biggest aha for me ever um, in 2017 was the moon cycle part. Um, and Kate Northrup also talks a bit about it. So yeah. I had heard her stuff too. And I just, it was interesting because I felt like I had been being so hard on myself on those moments of low energy. Mm -hmm. And it was, that I actually can't do work. There's not much work that I like doing in that week of low energy in my cycle. And, but I can be a really good mom in that time. Mm. And I didn't, like, I was always fighting it. And so in those, that week, it was always like, I hated my work and my kids by the end of it. Cause I was like trying to push through the work, <laughs> but I couldn't. And then I wasn't being a good mom. So at this point, like, I really try to clear those weeks and like have already written a blog post and have already pre-recorded a podcast. And 
just be a better mom. Like those are the weeks I always volunteer to like drive on field trips and do all that. Cause it's, it's like not worth my work. It's not worth anyone listening's work time for me to be working that week. So good. I love yeah. that. So in doing sort of all this high level work, like what are some of the little things that you feel you make space for now mm. that you might not have made space for before? Yeah. Um, such a great question. So uh, the biggest thing for me is having full days where I do nothing. Oh, cool. It's awesome. I mean, I will, you know, I'll bring my kids to school and, um, and they go to a full-time daycare. It's not, it's like 30 hours a week, but I'll have all day with nothing on the calendar. And I just, I'll meditate for an hour. I'll take a bath. I'll read a book. And this is like on a Wednesday and it's the best. And then during the day, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've worked in is my morning practice Mm -hmm. and something else I'm going to be talking about in my workshop, but just having that 15 minutes to half an hour of space to land and connect with my soul has been so key and so important. Um, just for everything. It helps me, it helps me with my eating. It helps me with parenting. It helps me with my work, just my, my stress level. And for a while that was like, I would do it if I had time, which of course I never did. (laughs) So now I, I just see that that's so important. And for somebody who's like, oh my God, a day off, like maybe 15 minutes, but a day, like I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. Yeah. What advice would you have for them? So I think what I really try to do with my clients when there's a lot of resistance to feeling like we have no freedom or choice to create that kind of time for ourselves, I think we have to really look at what's happening systematically in our lives. And we have to go like way, way, way back into our belief systems around why we feel like our lives need to be so full or why is all of this, all of these logistical things that we need to do in our lives defaulting to us. Mm. So, and I really think that that is a product of the patriarchy and the these belief systems that we've been sold since we were really little that our partners and our kids get to basically do whatever they want and we have to fill in all the gaps and i know that like sounds kind of harsh but like really when you look at it it's pretty true and to to really see all the ways we're bending over backwards for everybody else's comfort level yeah to start to understand that we've been, we've been brainwashed and trained to operate like that. And when just getting that this has been a lifelong training helps me see how ridiculous it is and really start to shift what, what is defaulted to me and gives me more permission to create and, um, really think about how I want to spend my time. And then it's sort of a long-term shift towards getting a full day to yourself. Uh-huh. It's starting with really unloading a lot of stuff from your plate. I just wrote a blog post um, about balance and I suggested that the issue is that 
women have 110 minute tasks a week that we don't want to do and we aren't even acknowledged that we're doing, which add up to 17 hours. Yeah. And then you add in laundry and going to the grocery store and it's a part-time job. It's like, no wonder we can't find any space. We have a part-time job we didn't ask for and we don't even know we're doing. Right. Because we're just programmed to just do it because we feel like we have no choice. So it's really about looking at all of that stuff and delegating to our partner and our kids and extra support. And if, if like the voice inside comes up that is like, well, I can't afford support. You know, we get so angry when we're told to ask for help, um, to really look at how you're spending your money and how you want to make more money. So it's like a long-term thing. Things don't have to change next week. Right. You know, but I feel like everybody, like we could all take an hour. Like that's not going to change anything. Right. Like there's so many things we can move around for an hour. And if we start with an hour, eventually we can find a day. Yeah. And one of the things that honestly really helped me because um, this was hard for me and it's interesting because it's a little bit different. Well, there's two reasons it was hard. One, because my husband works at a regular job, which you have the same thing. And actually I'm going to link in the show notes, your Facebook live, if I can find it with Jonathan, because that was really amazing at just trying to understand like where that sometimes you just have to have a conversation about these things. It's not like our husbands are holding it against us that we're yeah. taking care of ourselves. <laughs> it's just a communication thing. Cause we all have our needs. Exactly. Um, so I love that. But one of the things that I found is that in my vagueness of understanding what it was that I need, mm. I wasn't appreciating what I was giving myself. So there was a phase where I actually was doing things, you know, like I was pretty good at investing in myself. I always had a nanny for the kids. She cleaned the house. Like there was a lot I was giving us and I wasn't taking it in because I was being vague about what I thought I deserved. Like, I don't think I thought I deserved as much as I was giving myself. Mm. So one of the things I do now is every single night I like write out what I did on purpose, you know, and it really helps me realize, like, I just like literally go through my calendar and it's like, oh my God, I got to talk to Sarah for an hour today. And I, you know, I got to sit and have a lunch for 20 minutes and I did, had amazing food. And I got, sometimes I write down things like I got to pack my kids lunches because I did make that a priority. I don't want them to get sick, you know, like stuff that I I used to see a different way. I love that. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. This oh, like all so, so amazing. Is there any like final word of wisdom that you want to tell people? And then I'm going to ask my final question. Ooh, let me think. Um, I think I just want to reiterate just the importance of space and rest and to really look at all of the voices in your head that are telling you that's not okay. And to really question where those voices come from and um, like, you know, how to shift that conversation. I love that. Yeah. And to me, that's like depicted in our world by the person who's always too busy because they're running errands. Right. Exactly. You that? <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't have to always run errands. Yeah. Target is not always having to beckon us. No. Um, so I love that. Okay. So on the, Sarah shared so many resources and all of those will be in the show notes. So there'll be no question how to get in touch with Sarah. Cause I know that the workshop that she's running 
probably the day that this goes live is amazing and we should all tune into it. I oh, certainly will be. Thanks. So the final question that I ask everybody is to tell us about a meal that had a big impact on you for some reason. It could have been because of the food, the company, or some aha you had while sitting at the table. Mm. Um, oh, so good. Okay. So I think the meal that has had the biggest impact on me was the first time I went to Cafe Gratitude in San Francisco. And I went, I think my third day living in San Francisco, it was a tough transition because I had just gotten married the day before we moved there. And all of a sudden my husband was starting residency. And so he was gone from 5am till 9pm every day. And I knew nobody. And um, I went into Cafe Gratitude and I ordered this beautiful bowl of like rice and kale and all. And I could just feel the energy and the love and the food. And each bowl is called something like abundant or graceful. And when they give you the bowl, they say, you are abundant. Yeah. And I started to cry. <laughs> because I was just like, oh my God, I'm talking to somebody and I, was, I just felt so down. And it just really resonated the beautiful combination of like the love that goes into the food, but also the love that is naturally in local, healthy, high vibrational food. I love that. Yeah. I love that restaurant too. I think they now exist in other cities because I've been in LA. I love oh, it. Oh yeah. I think LA is, I think one of their only ones that they have, they have to close it. It was really Oh, fun. got it. But it's a great, it's a great spot. And I, I hope that they continue to flourish. Yes, I do too. So thank you. That's an awesome story. I love the idea of naming food that way so that you give it. And then everybody who listens knows I love bowls. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing. Well, now I'm so into it. I have like bowls for every meal. <laughs> I love it. That's a good thing to hear. Well, thank you so much. And um, for everyone listening, I will see you guys on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.